Hello, and welcome back to Edgeguard, a podcast where we take a closer look at games on the fringe. I'm Jordan. With me, as always, is my co-host, Blake. Hey, Jordan. Hey there, Blake. Um, today on the podcast, we're doing something a little bit different. Well, I feel like I say that a lot because we, we, <laughs> we do a lot of weird weird things. Um, but this one is... Different isn't, weird isn't different anymore. It's just the common Weird is standard. We, do. we were just playing a really shit. like unremarkable game one week, and then I'll be like, now it's really different. We're doing, so, we're doing something a little bit different. Call of Duty, folks. <laughs> no, we're doing something a little bit different in that it's uh, not a game for leisure but a game for learning we played a method of action which is a um a suite of like browser mini games designed to teach you basic principles of graphic design or not really basic principles basic um uh like mechanics of graphic design programs uh, and tools like common common things you need to be able to know how to do. Um, I we decided to play this one, I guess, because you you were actually using it to learn or something, and we were like, "Well, no, I was. I'm trying to remember exactly what was happening. I was, I think I was googling something to do with, uh, like colors be, as it, uh, like, I because I'm a. I'm a full stack web developer. That is my a, a professional job title. Full stack, um, huh? Oh yeah, full stack, baby. Ain't none of that half stack. Ninety percent stack. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I was working on some front end stuff in like CSS, and I somehow stumbled upon the color mini game, oh, and then I saw okay. like part of like method of action, so I clicked on that. I actually actually ended up playing the uh, the kerning one uh, at that point. And then uh, I threw it on our our old list of games to play for the podcast because mm-hmm. it seemed like an interesting idea to have like sort of web based collection of games, sort of trying to teach people practical skills. Yeah, uh, yeah. It d- seems like something that's not like hugely popular, right? No, no, it's not hugely popular. Although, I mean, I would say games for learning is a. I mean popular in a different kind of sense in that like Mm -hmm. administrative and managerial and university types are Mm. are really into it Uh, it's Mm. it's kind of like a i don't know like a ted talk fad i feel like games for learning Mm. gamification oh sure sure i mean there's like a whole book where basically the whole thing is like gamification of everything makes the world better yeah i guess that's maybe jane mcgonagall's book yeah, yeah, reality is broken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've read part guess, of that. Yeah, that that's w- kind of a reduction of the gist of that book, but uh, uh, it to be goes fair, in. The book is a little reductive, so <laughs> <laughs> it goes a lot into like I don't know. It feels like a, a thing that a lot of like game designy books or games that you read for a game design class do, which is that they like distill the simplest ideas of game design. It it, it makes it it makes it feel like game design is still something that's like. Uh, in the fledgling stages of being <laughs> considered academically because you read the like these books and people are like this is the these are the great game design books and like yeah they're good books and they're interesting but it's not like super intense like yeah take a ton of like depth of knowledge to like yeah understand they, what's going on yeah they tend know? not to be very meaty and it's also like yeah. they tend to often like 
retrod the same ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Um, but anyway, sort of, uh, we're sort of losing the, losing the plot here a little bit. Cause this, this game, it serves to be educational, but it's not educational in like the traditional sense. Uh, or at least in the way that I would think of a, "Quote unquote educational game or fun jutainment or whatever the hell." Jutainment. Oh, oh yeah. Excuse me while I go puke. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it sort of seems a little bit more intent on like trying to give you an appreciation of the thought and effort behind uh, sort of like graphic design and web design, and also give you sort of like practical or give you a baseline of like how practical the skills of like creating uh visual art or visual design on a computer Mm -hmm. it seems a little bit more interested in like hey here's basically like a thing that someone's job is to determine the spacing of letters in a word to make them look to make them look good like that's people's jobs is to do that so it's kind of i feel like there's a little bit more of an approach toward practicality uh in this collection of of little games of which there are four um we should should probably talk about yeah yeah we can just sum the four so there's there's the one you mentioned the kerning is what it's called that's the one where you're you're kern type is what they call it yes you're you're kerning uh which is when you um check to make sure that the uh spacing between letters in a font is like uniform and pleasing well, on the more, eye more more broadly kerning is like the practice of spacing letters uh yeah. letters yeah and it's not case. necessarily uh always to be uh like even you know uh there are a few examples where uh there's unequal spacing between letters because aesthetically and sort of I guess maybe from a design or visual standpoint, that's just like the practice to make things look. Better. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. So, but, but getting, getting them to the desired spacing um, sure. is what yes. kerning is, is um, the, is what the game is. Yeah. So in that um, one, you you just move the letters around. There's one about color, um, like, like choosing and matching colors in a graphic design interface. So it like, briefly teaches you about like complementary colors and stuff and has a big color wheel and you have to select the colors that you're prompted to select. There's one where you're like shaping letters, uh, literally called shape type, um, Mm -hmm. where I guess this is like, like basically teaching you to design a font, I guess is the idea. Um, or design lettering. I think it's kind of meant to help you appreciate and understand uh, the like stylistic consistency of like a font face because yeah. basically what it'll do is it'll have uh, most of the the it'll just have a single character on the screen it'll have most of the character kind of shaped out and drawn for you and then you're given control over uh, a, a handful of the little bezier curves used to create the shape of the font and you're trying to uh, shape those curves until it's what you think is uh, what the actual letter should look like. And then it'll tell you what percentage like correct you were. Uh, and I think it's supposed to give you like a good grasp of like a, how to maybe how to design a font, but more how to, uh, understand just like how, what's going on in font design. Yeah. And like how, uh, 
you should shape parts of the font to or parts of the character to match the rest of the style of the font. It sort of gives you a, a better uh, appreciation of like the broader uh, design of the font, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, the and last then the- one is um, uh, a, it's called a game to help you master the pen tool. Well, it's called the Bayesier game. The Bayesier Bezier. game. I don't know. I, I don't know if it's, that. it's could be Bezier, Bayesier, Bezier. Who knows? Um, Bezier. Yeah, say it like that every time, please, if you could. I will. Don't worry. <laughs> what game is it called? Bézier. Yeah, thank you. Um, <laughs> and uh, I guess there's a tool and some uh, like vector drawing um, like programs where you you kind of click and drag to draw a line, and then you can manipulate that line to like easily draw curves, I guess is the short way to explain yeah. it. Then Bezier be- be- curves is like <laughs> kind of the, the centerpiece of this game. Uh, and there, they have a few different applications that I'm aware of, but uh, for this specific one, it seems like uh, I'm, I'm curious if it's modeled. My guess is that it's modeled after like a pen tool in like Photoshop or illustrator or something like that. Well, it does. Um, I mean, on the site for method.ac, um, the site mm-hmm. where these games are, it has a little section that says tools and it said method draw uh, mm-hmm. is a vector editor for the web. So I think sure. like literally it's pulled from that. But I mean, mm. I imagine like it, vec- there are sort of like standard practices for vector editing tools and it's probably similar to other ones. But Sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, well, anyway, uh, now that we've sort of like given a high level description of what everything is, do you want to kind of like go through them one by one and talk about each, uh, uh each game? Sure. And- With the exception of shape type, because I just could not figure that one out at all. Shape type? Really? Well, I just like, didn't know what, like just interfacing with it. I wasn't, I, huh. <laughs> maybe I'm just a big dummy. Because uh, I, I kind of had a similar ex- ex- uh, experience with the Bézier game. Uh, and I that, got pretty far in that one, but not I didn't really, quite finish it. I I never felt like I was successfully learning everything and like moving through it. I felt like I was getting by by happenstance like i would try once and it like i wouldn't be able to finish it and then i'd restart and then i'd get it the next time so oh okay let's um, go with that one then let's start with that one okay so Uh, so what so okay so the basic mechanic i know i'm like using the language that we normally use for (laughs) talking about games which is gonna be a little bit interesting for some of these uh is like you you click nodes in the shape you're drawing and then you can click another node to draw a line between those two points. Mm. If for either one of your nodes, rather than clicking, you click and drag in a direction, uh, it'll mm. cause the line to be curved. Um, and by changing the angle that you drag, you can change the like depth and angle of your circle. Um, and I think mm. I think based on the like between two nodes um you have unlimited capacity to curve your line like you could mm-hmm. you could produce any shape line um and then it gets more complicated because and this is the part that I didn't fully understand um mm-hmm. the line that you drag in order to produce your curve you then have to like hold down alt 
and move it in order to affect the direction that the next line will go. And whenever mm-hmm. I needed to do that, I was pretty much just guessing. Yeah. Uh, I guess I, I didn't actually understand what the, what was yeah, happening and that's, there. That's kind of the, where everything broke down for me. And I must've gone through the tutorial section of the game, like five times because I was like, I don't know. And which is interesting because this is like the only of the games that are in this collection to have like a really explicit tutorial where it's like, it starts off with like a little, little animations that like show you like, okay, click here and then Mm -hmm. click here and then click here and then drag. And it kind of like walks you through, uh, some like basic shapes. And then you're sort of given these shapes, like a, a, like a, an outline of a car and you're supposed to sort of like draw that. And despite the fact that it's the only game to have like a tutorial, it was the one that I understood the least. (laughs) So it was, uh, maybe it was just, the nature of the the tool that it's supposed to be teaching you to use that it's like the most complicated so that's <clears throat> why a tutorial was a necessary and also why i struggled to actually fully comprehend how to use it um yeah the, the thing the thing i ended up having like the hardest time with was connecting a straight line between two points to a curve because often what i what i would find is that i'd like draw a curve and then i'd want the next line to be straight and it would be adding curvature to it and i i didn't really understand why i didn't understand why either but i, I did figure out how you how you do it i just had no idea why this was the way to do it and that's like so. How did you? So do you that? hold. So when you end your curve line, you mm. hold Alt, and yeah. then you you put the the like. So when you end your your curve line, there's like a new line that comes out of it, like your angle line, um, mm-hmm. and you hold Alt and put that in the direction you're going to want your next line mm-hmm. to go in, and then okay. it lets you put your straight line sort of draw a straight line so i have no idea why it does that or if that maybe there's actually a smarter way to do that and i was just that was like a, sure. a janky workaround that i stumbled into but uh-huh. yeah yeah i i see i had a little bit of like luck with doing kind kind of a similar thing but i was just kind of like like i said i was just kind of like fumbling through it and happening to have some success um yeah hmm. but this this one seemed the most like practical maybe like if you're a person who's trying to get into vector arc and you just have no idea how to like use a pen tool. It seems like this could be a good way to practice and to get a basic understanding and might be a little bit more helpful than just like, I don't know. I feel like maybe you'd want to like watch a video of someone like describing how to do it first and then play this game to like kind of practice. Yeah. Um, I feel like that might be like a more effective way to learn, but I mean, that is one thing that, like, games are very good at is, like, creating an environment in which to practice something. Yeah. Like, I would which say, is, as a form, they're almost unparalleled in their ability to do that. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you think about it, really, like, the thing about games, I mean, we've talked about this before. I know we've mentioned uh, Raph Coster's yeah, game yeah, design book, yeah. A Theory of Fun. <laughs> Because he talks a lot about how like games are work and uh, the fun in games comes from learning them. And the second you've yeah. like, learned it and mastered it, it's no longer enjoyable. And I think that for traditional games, like in, in many cases, the 
the the sort of arc of learning is to uh like ex- gr- once you fully grasped the grasped the mechanics and sort of been taught them by the game uh, then it sort of like throws you into this thing of like, okay, now, uh, like show me your mastery or let me test your mastery, yeah. you know? Um, and that's yeah. sort of where the fun lies. Um, and an educational game is going to have a different arc because the, a, the quote unquote, mecha- you're not learning mechanics so much as you are learning a lesson or something. And, uh, it's, I thought it was funny that you like mentioned like you're describing it as like the main mechanic of this game because <laughs> in the in like the way you would think about a game like yes it's a mechanic but it's it's kind of more like a lesson that the game is trying to teach you yeah and I feel like the goal of an educational game would to have a little bit more of like a linear learning thing where mm-hmm. learning curve I guess because in a in a traditional game you'd like learn a mechanic and then you'd like uh you'd have like a peak and then you'd like uh, exhibit mastery. And then there'd be, you know, there'd be peaks and valleys of like learning and then uh, expressing the, the learning that you've done by, you know, just playing the game and trying to do as best you can. Whereas an educational game, the learning, once you've learned everything, it's not, I don't know. Well, I, I like think, I'm rambling I, think I'm, <laughs> I might kind of know what you mean. Cause this is something, one of my pet peeves with gamification. I think that these games, I mean, different ones of the four work better than others, but I think it doesn't mm-hmm. it doesn't quite fall into the trap I'm going to describe. But I've okay. I've noticed that a lot of the ways people talk about gamification is it's like it's like people who often are not very interested in games like video games. Mm-hmm. They see how like intensely obsessed and immersed uh, mm-hmm. video game players can be, and they're like, "Wow, how could I?" I use harness that to do something else. I mean, that's the most generous way. A lot of times it's just like, Mm -hmm. how could I use games to manipulate people? But I I digress. The, (laughs) the, the thing that they, they miss is like what a game teaches you is how to play itself. Like it doesn't Mm -hmm. like the most fun games are not ones, you know, for the most part that teach you something besides themselves. And, Mm -hmm. and that's actually, I think at least for a lot of games, a very intrinsic part of the pleasure is like mm. that you are only thinking about the game and that you're mm. like thinking about it on its own terms and you like you want to master the game in order to master the game like it's not in order to do something mm. else like you want to play the mm. game to play the game and that yeah. when you when you try to like 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 make it so the game has an objective that's like once removed sometimes it can get really it can feel really gimmicky or it can feel very forced or it's like not mm. clear how the lesson actually like works with the mechanics so like you have games where like you have to do something in order to complete the challenge, but it, like the actual doing doesn't actually contribute to you learning anything. Because um, mm. like I mean that, you know like when you play Mario, it teaches you how to play Mario. It doesn't really teach yeah. you how to do anything else. Like I guess it teaches mm. you how to operate a video game controller, but I mean, sure. So so these are like. And I think that while it's true that the fun of the game is in the learning, I don't necessarily, mm-hmm. I think that people have maybe overstated the degree to which that like fun can be separated from itself in order to mm. do other things. I like, I like all that. I feel like that's you, you said what I was trying to say <laughs> m- much more good, <laughs> much more goodly, much yes. more goodly, very goodly. <laughs> well, but, I'm um, glad. but uh, yeah, I mean, 
in that Jane McGonagall book, Reality is Broken, there's like a, a big chapter where she talks about this like uh, experimental school in like New York where uh, they don't have like explicit lessons for the kid. They basically just build a bunch of ARGs in the school uh-huh. that like make the kids have to like oh i was i like rented this book from a library and it was like a secret note that was like you need to decrypt my puzzle and it like teaches the kids how to do long division by making them solve (laughs) mathematical puzzles (laughs) and it sort of does that thing where it's like to a child who doesn't know that they're or isn't like maybe fully aware that they're being uh like educated (laughs) through like gamification like it is a game to them it is like okay or and, and in many cases it's like it may even seem very real to them. Like, okay, well, like I want to figure out what this secret is. So I'm going to try and figure out this thing. And so it's kind of like you said, the, the enjoyment comes from learning the thing itself, not from learning something to take away from it because you know that you're meant to learn it. That's I think that's a very good way to put it. Yeah. I, I, I should say that I'm not saying that like, like putting game like elements in something you might imagine is not a game, you know, Mm -hmm. doesn't, ever work i just think Mm. that like like sometimes people (laughs) seem to assume that what is fun about games is the fact that there's points or something like that so it's like oh let's just throw points in and the thing becomes intrinsically fun and it's like that's like the least interesting part about the game the points are just like an encountering mechanism so that you can play the play the game it's not actually the main thing so yeah Mm. yeah that's that's very that's good right like when people say they enjoy basketball they don't mm. enjoy the fact that there are points. Like that's yeah. <laughs> I like I like the when the points go up. I like seeing like, the numbers n- increase. Yeah, I mean, so but that's the interesting thing though, because then you have uh, a whole class of clicker games where basically the whole thing is that yeah. it started as a joke from Ian Bogos being like, "Oh, you guys just like when the numbers go up. Well, what if I make a game where you just automate the numbers going up?" And I mean, and then that people is kind are, of- and then people are like, "Yo, this shit is actually compelling." Uh. <laughs> I mean, that's true. I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I think that the 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 truth of it's somewhere a little more in the middle than I'm making it sound mm-hmm. like it is. Sure, sure. Because we already did, you know, the episode on it is as if you're doing work. That's that's sure. that's kind of the joke of that game. Is it's like. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's just like oh it actually is kind of fun when the numbers just go up but mm. it's it's like fun in a very like low level kind of ambient yeah. way yeah and i think that's kind of something that games maybe are struggling with in being taken seriously is that people maybe assume like oh the points are the fun part when really the mechanics <laughs> and the learning and the engagement yeah. are the are the enjoyable part so people are i don't know and they they both have a place and they both have a way of compelling a person to play a game yeah like the reason that call of duty 4 revolutionized multiplayer gaming is because it used points and progression in a in a place where progression was traditionally uh benchmarked only by the level of skill you displayed uh, yeah but by but by uh, rewarding all players kind of regardless of their skill level with uh, tangible uh, ways of showing I've improved. It made the game much more enjoyable for more people. So I think they definitely have like a, there's an ebb and flow and there's a, there's a, a relationship to be had between these sort of two things, but it's important that it's a 
relationship and not just like yeah. we added points to it so that kids would want to do it more. <laughs> they just do the like, same well, thing they were already doing, but, but with we, points. But we score now them. with points. I mean, it's like, did you ever do those like summer reading challenges where you like got points from your local library for reading books over the summer and like the longer oh, the book, did, you got more yeah. points and you could like get prizes and stuff. Yeah, it's I kind totally of a similar did thing. Do that, yeah, I mean like that should have just been about like, Hey kids enjoy more good books because yeah. books are good. Yeah. But I mean it, like, that's a good example of it's like the points really just get people to start. And you know, mm. I, ideally the, yeah. then the like intrinsic pleasure of reading, you know, mm. takes, takes control once, you know, they get started. But I, I remember when I was doing it, I was definitely enjoying it for both. I was like, Oh yeah, I like reading. And also I win. <laughs> I like, I do like, and I do like the phrase, the intrinsic p- pleasure of reading takes control. <laughs> it's a very good phrase we'll, that we'll you put, just spoke. We'll put that one in the description. It makes me sound oh, like Miss Frizzle, Frizzle or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, kind of like a, kind of like a dark Miss Frizzle though, like villainous Miss Frizzle, like the, the intrinsic pleasure of reading. <laughs> um, oh God. But anyway, uh. We should probably Method talk about some of the. Uh, we should t- yeah. We should probably talk about some of the other uh, <laughs> games in here. I mean, this is why we wanted to play this game. Is I wanted to like have a conversation about uh, educational games. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I think in many cases they take the form of like the educational games of uh, your childhood and mine, which is like Freddy Fish, which is basically like a point and click adventure game, and then there's like some math in it, or like I, oh, what do, are the I other totally ones? remember Freddy Fish. Isn't that the one where like there's like one of your friends who's a fish, there's like a hook and there's a chocolate covered worm on it and your friend is an idiot and they... Well, there's a there's a, there's a bunch of Freddy Fish games. Oh, okay. so um, I vaguely I don't, remember that one scene and that's it. Uh, yeah, I remember... I don't really remember anything like super duper specific. I just remember some screens of like a... I don't know, fish and you're like, Oh, this is totally, know, yeah, this is solving. totally, yes. Freddy fish, um, chocolate worm. Let me see. <laughs> yeah. The, okay. While you're looking that up, the one I do very specifically remember, uh, and I actually like had a moment with one of our friend, one of our mutual friends recently where we both had played the same educational game and that was clue finders. Uh, I think it was the third grade one Wait, where they go was to this it, like. Was that not us? Did we not talk about that? Well, you and I were talking about that last week, but I, with a, another friend prior to that, we'd had oh. a discussion where there we both had remembered that there's like a scene where you meet some some bugs that are meant to be the Beatles, and they sing a <laughs> song about needing goo in the style of the oh. Beatles. <laughs> And then you like solve a math puzzle to help them get more goo or something. But, um, yeah, it's, it's weird because it's, there's a certain part of like playing those games that in my memory, I remember like thinking that they were a little bit lame because it's like, Oh, it's a game. And then there's just like math in it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I don't know. It's sort of, I feel like the standard, educational game when i think of it you think like carmen san diego or something (laughs) where it's like a game that like you're even as a child you know that it's like this is a game to make you learn things learning the magic of learning and like (laughs) 
I don't know. I think there's there's like room within games to have like more nuanced learning and like to make games that are just enjoyable as games that also as a side effect you learn something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I do think that some of the, I mean those learning game like true learning games for kids like mm-hmm. they. I mean, sure, some of them are pretty heavy-handed, but yeah, I remember enjoying some of the puzzles in Clue Finder. Oh, I mean, like, listen, I beat all of Clue Finder's third grade. We defeated <laughs> Mathra. <Okay>. Mathra! <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Mathra. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, God. I, um, I think I completed third and fourth grade. I don't remember. At least yep, third Clue, grade. <laughs> Clue Finder's third grade adventures, The Mystery of Mathra. <laughs> Oh my god, it's, it's too amazing. Good. Oh, it has a 2.8 on Amazon based on 24 reviews. Oh, that's not fair. Come on. It's... I don't know. 2.8, that's not bad. That's above average. 2.8 out of 5? That's Yeah. That is a 3.5 game at least. Oh, Clue Finder's Math Adventures Ages 9 to 12 Deluxe has a has a 4 out of 5 stars. Ah, uh, that, that's so. what I'm talking about. <laughs> Uh, okay okay anyway but we've gotten <laughs> lost again i like how we were like we were like we need to go back to method of action because and then that but was before another. let's talk about clue finders <laughs> okay okay so um one thing i was thinking about uh method of action was um mm-hmm. uh so the color game mm-hmm. i didn't feel that i really felt like i was just guessing in that game mm. um uh, especially like the ones that are like, well, I should explain how it works. So, um, it gives you a prompt and you have to find the color. Uh, like there's a little color that appears and you have a color wheel and you have to match your color. You're, to you're moving a cursor around on a color, color wheel, wheel to yeah. try and match, uh, the color that is given. It and starts out like one dimensionally starts out with just hue yep. and then it adds saturation, saturation. And then and it's then got a bunch you, of like more complicated challenges where it's like uh, it teaches you like complementary colors, so it gives you two prompts, and you have to. I mean, that's kind of misleading because it gives you two prompts, but really your mouse controls both. Yeah, you're only moving one, and then it's it's it's. I think it's more about teaching you the relationships yeah. because it's complementary, triadic, tetradic. You're kind of trying to uh, and analogous. You're it's i think it's trying to show to you like the relationships of colors to understand sure. like when you want to use certain types of colors together but see that's, that's a good example of when the like mechanic itself uh, doesn't quite contribute to the lesson that's being learned mm-hmm. in my opinion because you sure. you the the challenge is to match the colors to uh of, on your mouse cursor to the colors that are prompts. And the easiest way to do mm-hmm. that is to only look at one color at a time. Like, yeah, yeah. Like when you're trying to really like zero in and get it like perfect rather than just very good. Uh, yeah. You, you might look at both of them and kind of compare, but like for the most part, you're only looking at one of them and you're, you're not really paying mm-hmm. attention to the color that's complementary. Yeah. And I think the other thing is since it display, it uh, sort of shows the target colors and the, uh, where your actual cursor is right next to each other. So it gets to a certain point where you're kind of just like moving your mouse in small movements to try and get it as close as possible before clicking and uh, finishing. Uh, yeah. So it largely becomes more of a game of like 
find the right position on the wheel to get yeah. the most points. Um, yeah. But I do think there is some value in like understanding the relationships between different colors. Yeah. Um, I'm, and it does, that does work. Like mm-hmm. I, I just don't know that the challenges necessarily contribute to that. Like the, just like, like if you could just like play around with the, the tool, like mm. the color wheel with the mm. different colors that are keyed to your, sure your mouse, I think might, teach as much um mm. as the i mean you might as well have challenges i guess but like the the timer was sometimes kind of like I, I wanted to just like fidget with yeah. it and, and look at the relations and then it's mm. like oh but i don't have enough time sure and yeah i guess that's maybe one thing where like this specific type of gamification kind of bites it in the ass a little bit mm-hmm. because it's the time is what's sort of supposed to be like compelling you forward but it also to win yeah could, that's what makes it yeah a game it can sort of lower your uh your actual grasp or your ability to explore the concepts it's trying to teach to you yeah um, so what 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 score did you get oh on color i don't remember what I got did you not one. write down all your scores no Jordan? I, I remember what i got know on that in all the competitive games that we play we always have to see which one of yeah, us is inherently that's true. better i forgot about that what was your score uh, 8.7 without the definitely less than that. It was definitely less than that. Oh, it was 8.7 mm-hmm. without colorblind help. Cause I am mildly colorblind. Oh yeah. I was going to ask you about that. So the colorblind help actually made it even less of a learning experience. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. Because basically what it does is it, um, it associates like each region of the color wheel with a shape. So there's like, uh, a triangle oh. circle square and huh. then as you move between them it's like a square the square starts getting like rounded edges as you get closer to like the circle region and then also and then the saturation is controlled by the thickness of the line that the shape oh. is drawn so basically it becomes like a shortcut where i'm not even looking at the color wheel at first because i'm just trying to get it to match the shape as closely as possible and then i'm just looking at the color wheel to fine tune yeah it. i mean you know be so you know there's um I would be really impressed to see someone that was like, like true, like full colorblind uh-huh. that was able to like, um, <laughs> like make like graphic art. Oh, sure. By using like a mechanic like that in their, yeah. uh, vector art program. That would be impressive as hell. Yeah. Um, it'd be, it'd be interesting. Cause it's like, um, it'd be I'm- like the, the visual version of a, like, beethoven composing sure. deaf deaf is a colorblind person using shape logic yeah. and that's actually paint. maybe something i bet it, something i wouldn't that's... be surprised if like you know there's like a an artist who's colorblind and they use like yeah. shortcuts like that maybe it could be a thing yeah that's actually that is uh that's interesting and i'm curious if this sort of representation of a color wheel exists outside of this game because it's described as a uh, experimental support uh, for the oh, colorblind okay. assist. So I'm curious if it, this is like a way that the creators of this game like came to sort of be like, okay, here's how we can make this game playable for a person who's colorblind. Or if this is actually a way for colorblind people to still, uh, you know, be able to work with colored, like digital colors. It'd be interesting. It's kind of cool. But anyway, yeah. with, uh, with the color assist, I was able to get a 9.2. Ooh, so it helped me a little bit. Yeah, um, I mean that colorblind assist. It based just on the way you described it to me. It almost seems like 
it would help anyone. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Like, just, it would help anyone, and I think it actually makes you learn less. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's experimental, yeah. so sure. Um, um, so the current game, though, I did feel like it basically just worked as mm-hmm. a, as a lesson, and that this precisely because the mechanic is almost the identical with the thing you want to learn. Yeah. So like the mechanic yeah. is like kern some letters. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's, that's the challenge. It's just how well can you kern them? So like, that's like an example where <laughs> the, the game is just basically identical with the lesson. So, yeah. And I, I think, I think that one's maybe the most, I, a, I think that one's like kind of maybe the most fun because it's a simple enough interaction with every letter that it doesn't feel like, like the Bézier, Bézier game can feel like pretty overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even the shape type one, which I know you struggled with, uh, uh, a good amount. <laughs> it's kind of the level of interaction is like, can be kind of a lot, but current type, I mean, it's literally like you're moving a number of letters in one dimension basically to try and get them to look the most pleasing. And that was, I think it was one of the most fun to play. And also like one of the ones where I felt like I was actually making progress, like by the end, definitely by the end, you're working on like way more complex words. It's basically just adding more letters in the middle. So the game will have the two, uh, the first letter and the last letter of the word will be locked. Yep. Uh, and then you are just moving the position of all the letters in the middle and kind of like sp- trying to space them out. And then uh, once you've decided you're satisfied, then you click like compare and it shows you where the letters would actually be spaced, like to be like properly kerned. And you kind of like can see how off you were and get a better understanding of like how to space them. And although you're, hit with much more letters in the later and like towards the end, I think there are 10 different like quote unquote levels. Mm-hmm. Uh, I found myself getting closer to the real deal. Uh, the, the more I went on. Yeah. Did you get any hundreds? Uh, I think maybe. Yeah. I, and that's the other thing is I feel like it gets a little bit more generous. The more letters there are, it, yeah, like, it kind of lets you fudge. I, a got, little bit. I definitely got, when I did get hundreds, I got two of them out of the 10 yeah. challenges. I, um, there was still like, so how it shows you that you missed is mm-hmm. like it, it shows the correct positioning of the letters in blue, mm-hmm. um, and then yours in white. And even when I got a hundred, like blue, there was some blue. So sure. it, it definitely yeah, yeah. is generous. Um, but uh, all right, well let's come. So I remember my score for this one. I only okay. played through it once. Yeah. So well, it, it wouldn't make sense to play through it more than once because it's just the same things again. So you'd kind oh, of- is it the same words? It's not. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. Well, uh, it's, um, I got 80 total. I got 78. Uh, so. Nice. Okay. <laughs> Damn it. <Jordan. laughs> well, you beat me at the color. You one, and your so. ego. <laughs> well, I'm sure I shellacked you on the shape type one. Cause apparently you couldn't even finish it. You yeah. So idiot. I got a zero. But, hey, this is a kid's show. Wait, no. It's not. <laughs> so, so why did you have so much trouble with this one? Because I, I now, let me, let me click on it again. Oh, I'm just an idiot. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Huh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Having an, having an epiphany, or are you just trying to trick me? <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm literally... Yeah, okay. Because just... I feel like this one's a little bit less successful than the kerning one, but I feel like it has a similar thing. And they're both very similar in that they, like do the thing where you do it until you think you're satisfied with it. And then you click compare and it shows you your 
sort of your shaped letter compared to the actual shape of the letter yeah and gives you a percentage of how close you were to that um th- it's a little this one's a little bit trickier because i feel like this one has a little bit more like specific aesthetic uh, i don't know how to describe well what it is but it's like mm, it's i don't seemed, know i feel like yeah it's it, a little bit more about like uh displaying your understanding of the aesthetic of a typeface by looking at the parts of the character that you know are correct and as you move as you move through the like later challenges there's more and more variable points that you have to mold and so you're seeing less and less of the character on which to base your like aesthetic understanding of the of the typeface right yeah i'm looking at one of them right now and i can't even tell what shape this is supposed to be sure yeah so yeah in some in some ways that one feels a little bit like if you just know more about designing a typeface you're just going to be inherently better at it but i mean yeah i i do think there was some learning i had a similar thing where there was like some progression uh where i i got better um do you do you remember i guess did you ever finish this one or no no i didn't but i have it open right now so you know, I'm, I'm fiddling we're, with it. We're not going to sit here and let you finish it while we're <laughs> oh, recording I'm, I'm, the podcast. I'm already, on shape, I'm already on shape five of ten. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, I'll stop. Uh, I'll stop. <laughs> I, got, I got a 78 on that one. So oh, the nice. Same as nice. my current me score. So, interesting. Um, but anyway, uh, overall, uh, successful, unsuccessful. Which which game do you think is most successful? I would I would say uh, current. I think current the kerning one. I think the kerning one yeah. was. I feel like I actually, like, like... Well, I mean, I don't know that it was long enough to really say I, like, truly learned something. But, like, mm-hmm. I, I, it felt like if I did this enough, I would, like, really have a feeling for how the kerning of type works. So, yeah, I think that yeah. was the most successful one. Um, I think that the the Bézier one would have been the next most successful if there was mm-hmm. a more robust, just, like, tutorial at the beginning. Because there's just too many sure. moving parts to just, like, pick it up by fidgeting around. Unless yeah, maybe yeah. maybe actual graphic designers can, but I'm not one of yeah. them. So. Yeah, if if anything, I think this collection of games is most successful at like helping you appreciate how much thought and effort <laughs> goes into uh, designing the way words look on yeah. virtually everything you look at. Uh, yeah. I mean, I feel like I already have a good amount of appreciate appreciation at that because it's part of my job, uh, and we have literally a whole team of people who their job is to be a user experience designer. So the whole thing is that they design web pages and font and pick font faces and colors and all this stuff. Uh, and well, I must say as an English PhD, I think quite a lot about, uh, uh, typefaces because at the ending of every novel, it's like this novel is printed in Tacoma bold. Wait, or, is that a real thing? <laughs> no, not every novel, but a lot of novels do it. Especially if they have a <laughs> if they have a custom font or like a not a custom one but like a but like a non-standard uh, uh, yeah, or something. yeah non-standard font huh that's yeah. interesting they, and sometimes like at the end with the like kind of by the acknowledgments and not actually every novel but some yeah, yeah, do, yeah. some do that huh that's that's not something I've noticed but also I haven't probably like read a whole novel in. <laughs> way too long like three years probably i'm i'm uh, I'm horrible at reading things jordan no that's okay you're under no obligation to the the internet broke me i just can't read anymore (laughs) actually you know honestly probably education broke me because being forced to read things 
that are probably good and that I would probably enjoy, but to read them for the sake of taking a test on them in a class uh, probably yeah. <laughs> is what actually trained me to be bad at it. But And that's, 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 that's perhaps another reason to be skeptical of uh, certain kinds of games for learning. They'll sure. Just, they'll yeah. just ruin the games. Yeah. If it's if it's too much about learning, then it ruins the, the it's not games enough about games. Yeah. Um, but in any case, uh, is there any any final thoughts you had about a method of action? No, no. I think we think we got through everything I wanted to say. Oh, one cool. thing is, um, we didn't. I don't think we said the creator's name, which is uh, Mark McKay. McKee. Oh, where did you where did you find that? I I couldn't I didn't see that anywhere. At the bottom of the individual games, it says. Ooh. Created by Mark McKee, Mark McKay, or Method of Action. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. I think McKay. Um, so. McKay. Or yeah. McKay. Um, so, Jordan. Yes, what so. What are we playing for next week? And next week, we are playing Paratopic, which is a horror game um, available on Itch.io. Uh, this is another game that is. Uh, the, you must pay for it's uh, five forty nine USD on itch. Um, it is a short but dynamic and detailed horror game. Is mm. what it's called. Um, this one does have a content warning that includes gore and body horror and coarse okay. language. So I'm nervous. So it's, I'm nervous it's gonna, for body horror. It's gonna. I know that that word. It doesn't always mean the same thing. So we will. That's true. I don't know if we're going to, I don't know if this game is about to go all Cronenberg on us, but I know, uh, I guess we'll find out soon enough. Um, yeah. Uh, it's, meantime, it's like built to, I, th- I think it's interesting. This game is like intentionally built to look like a kind of PS one level of graphics. Yeah. Which, we'll, we'll talk about it more next week, but I think yeah. it's something that's like pretty underutilized considering, uh, the, uh, popularity of pixel art styles, um, yeah, true. And I'm, it's <laughs> true. it's kind of something that I'm, I'm that I'm hoping uh, c- becomes more popular uh, in the next like five years is like people developing 3D games, like retro and, 3D art. Yeah, yeah, like retro, like PS1 era uh, 3D art. Um, I'm I'm very. I think there's a lot of cool shit you can do, and despite it's like jaggy, horrible, pixely, weird 3D ness, Metal Gear Gear Solid is still one of my like. <laughs> favorite looking games ever because you just look at that game and like i don't know it's it's like this really reduced version of like what it's trying to be because it's very just like pixely and grimy and like simple geometry but it just looks so cool so anyway we'll uh we'll get into that and uh our first like standard horror game uh next week uh until then make sure you follow us and uh hashtag hashtag join the conversation on twitter at edgeguardcast uh, you know, tweet at us, please. We we want to know that there are people out there listening. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> tweet tweet at us or something, man. Um, but anyway, uh, I think I think that that'll do us until until next week. Yep. Talk to you next week.